Find the life you didn't think was possible with the Jesus you never knew. Together, let's slow down a little and pay better attention to the most significant person in history. Welcome to the podcast, Paying Ridiculous Attention to Jesus, with your host, Rick Lawrence, brought to you by Lifetree. Visit us at JesusCenteredLife.com. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Season 3, Episode 44 of Paying Ridiculous Attention to Jesus. Uh, you can find us, by the way, not, not ironically, on PayingRidiculousAttentionToJesus.com. So you have to say it that fast when you say it in your head. So today we're going to do something a little different in this episode. We just learned in the last few days about the passing of the great Eugene Peterson, a lifelong pastor but most well-known for his version of the Bible called The Message, which is a poetic retelling of the gospel message that has impacted millions and millions of lives. And uh, not long ago, I'd say it was about a year, a year and a half ago, I had the distinct honor and opportunity to be able to interview Eugene Peterson from his home, which is a cabin by a lake in Montana. And uh, he was already showing some of the signs of heart failure and dementia that would uh, later take his life. Um, But we had a fascinating and, I would say, sometimes brittle conversation. When you are appearing over the horizon at your own death, you don't have many people left uh, that you think you have to please. If you have people-pleasing tendencies when you get near your death, it wipes some of that away. And so he spoke in rather raw uh, ways at times about uh, the Church today and his convictions about what the Church moving forward needs to be about, and we thought it would be a good idea to stop and pause and honor this great man's life by replaying my original interview with Eugene Peterson. Here's what his close friend, author Wynne Collier, shared with the news media um, when his his friend Eugene passed. This was the first public acknowledgement that uh, of his death, and here's what Wynne Collier wrote. He said, My dear friend and pastor Eugene Peterson has died this morning. The lantern is out, but the joy he carried with him to his final breaths endures. Eugene is now with the triune God he has loved his entire life. Memory eternal. Uh, what a beautiful, poetic way to recognize his friend's life. So let's listen now to my original interview with Eugene Peterson and then. Next week's episode, we'll come back with a a new episode that uh, Steph Hilbury and I have already planned out, and I'm excited to record for next week. We'll see you then. Well, you wrote in a a book that I love called Working the Angles, um, you wrote this that just grabbed me and I can't stop thinking about it ever since I read it. You wrote... The pastor's primary responsibility is to help people maintain their attentiveness to Jesus. I think that's just so countercultural in today's pastoral strata that their primary responsibility would be to help people maintain their attentiveness to Jesus. So I'd love for you to describe what you mean by attentiveness to Jesus and in what ways have you learned to maintain your own attentiveness to Jesus. Well, I think I've done it. Maybe the first step is I, I'll just 
consumer world is just anathema to me. And uh, in my congregation, I, I've done this primarily in my congregation. I've been a pastor. And I don't think you can do it in mass things. Uh, one of the most detrimental things in the Christian church is megachurch. And it just sweeps you off your feet. And, uh, and leaves them with nothing. Hmm. So I think, from my, from my point of view, I, I've always insisted on being part of a small church. I don't think you can do this big. So you're saying that it's, it's difficult in a large church setting to help people maintain attentiveness to Jesus? Very impossible. And why is that? What you said you people get swept up. What are they swept up by? The pastor's ego. Hmm. And which finds expression in what way? Trying to get people on to attend your church to sing your song. Uh, and to listen to them. I mean the ego in Protestant pastors is just enormous. And I just I have no truck with it. It's it's so ironic uh, that the Eugene Peterson, who wrote the message, um, and has worldwide celebrity within the church because of it. Um, you mu uh, are you saying that in the midst of the attention that you've received, not just from the message, but from the many other uh, books that you've written, that uh, this this specter of ego has either not been a temptation for you or you have been so aware of it you've resisted it. You know, it's anecdotal, but uh, I and many other people know now that Bono showed up at your Montana home, and that's pr a pretty good indicator that you're pretty well known when Bono shows up to spend some time with you. So, and I, I understand that you may not have been fully aware of the massiveness of his celebrity at the time, but you probably are now. And so... Uh, what, you're, what I hear you saying is that these things, you may be aware of them, but they don't find any traction in you. I don't. I don't. Why do you think that is? I've been trying to follow Jesus. So, as you've gotten older, what do you think has become more clear to you about a life of following Jesus, and what has, if anything, has become less clear for you? Huh. And, uh, and I think my wife and I keep a Sabbath. We've done this for 50 years. Nobody keeps a Sabbath except us. <laughs> <laughs> and what does keeping the Sabbath mean to you? It means not having an agenda, being quiet, hmm. taking long walks, 
got a space. I'm not trying to do too much. I don't think there are any... Well, I don't know. I'm 80... How many years old am I? I'm 85 years old. And I know less than I used to. <laughs> I really do. And sometimes I, you know, as I read some things and I think, they don't even know me. Mm. Uh, so. You know, in your... Uh, paraphrase the, uh, of the Bible and the message, uh, uh, one of the things I've wondered is ingesting all of the Bible in the way that you did and then artistically rendering it out on the other side, I would imagine forced such a deep uh, understanding of what it was you were reading to be able to filter it and give new expression to it I'm wondering what the primary outcome in your life has been through that project. In what ways did that impact your life to have ingested the Bible in that way? You see, I have to say I don't know. Hmm. I, uh, I learn languages just because I love language. But sometimes when I read the message, I think that was... Hmm. I, 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 I never uh, labor over the message. I, I prayed and I just kind of wrote. Huh. And then three days later, I think I didn't do that. Huh. I didn't know where that came from. You know, if, if I had to use one word to describe the tone of what came out, in the message, in that, in that trans, in in your translation of it, I would use the word playful, and I'm I'm wondering why that is. Uh, you used language that's both accurate and relevant, but very often playful. Do you know why? I don't know why. <laughs> it wasn't deliberate. <laughs> so, and, and through that experience, do you? Uh, have a sense of how um, that project, that work of art, impacted your view of Jesus? Did it have any impact on your view of Jesus? Oh, yes. Yeah. There was, there's a kind of intimacy that goes with playfulness. Hmm. But you're not a conscious of it when you do it. Uh, I was fortunate in having a pretty good handle on languages, but I wasn't, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just reading it and letting it simmer and, and then just right away. So the, the whole business of the message is, is something I, I really can't take any credit for. It wasn't because I studied hard or knew a lot. It, uh, it was because I was I don't know, maybe being obedient. It was just something God was giving me to do, and I I wasn't, I can't say that I was really conscious of that. Except three or four years later, I think, did I do that? Hmm. Um, there's a, I don't know what it is. Uh, I really don't. Well, now that you've retired, and uh, so to speak, and have 
I get the sense from our previous conversation, you've tried to narrow the scope of the things that you'll continue to do. What message do you think is crucial for the church to hear today? What is it that they, if, if you, uh, if you had a prophet's megaphone, what message do you think the church needs to hear? Smartphones? Smartphone. Uh-huh. Now, I walk down the street and every... I can't walk 10 steps without having somebody with a smartphone and not paying attention to the person right next to them. And I think this makes people go, well, shallows for one thing. Hmm. So distraction. Distraction, yeah. There's no time to even smell the flowers. So you don't have a television set, uh, and normally what uh, a typical American would do at night is watch TV. What are you, what are you doing instead? Is it typically a certain kind of reading, nonfiction reading, fiction reading? What kind of reading do you do typically? It's mostly fiction. Mostly fiction? Yeah. Novels. Huh. Do you have a favorite novelist? Yeah. <laughs>